I'm Lisa Bontesumi, and this is the Ath Mindset podcast series on Sports Epreneur. This podcast series is a space for conversations with athletes, coaches, practitioners, and stakeholders in sports. And it's where those individuals share their perspectives, experiences, and thoughts on mental health in sports. Eric Kazimoff of Sports Epreneur is generously hosting the Ath Mindset podcast series on his platform as he deeply believes that these conversations are essential and deserve to be prioritized. This is the Ath Mindset podcast series on Sports Epreneur. Sports Epreneur, the content platform where sports, entrepreneurship, and mental health collide. If you are looking to start a podcast or create original content, you have to talk with the team at Sports Epreneur. I work with them and I vouch for them. It's that simple. Go to sportse.io to learn more. I'm excited to have Max Kasten here on the Ath Mindset podcast today. He's a track athlete at Mount San Antonio College, and I'm just happy to have you here to share your story and some thoughts and insights. So welcome, Max. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, and I know that you're a busy guy, a busy student athlete, so I appreciate you being here with me. I know that your track college career has kind of had its twists and turns. Can you share a little bit with us how it started and where you are now, where you hope to go? Yeah. So, well, it definitely has been a roller coaster, but I feel like it's everything happens for a reason, you know? And so in high school, I ended up switching from baseball to track in my freshman year. So that's when I came into track. And so when I first started, my friend was really good. So I remember that's, that was always the bar that was set. So I was always trying to chase him. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And through those years of track, I kind of narrowed it down to the high jump was my best event. Senior year, I jumped six foot six and I ended up winning a CIF down in San Diego. And so that along with, you know, trying to get my name out there and talking to coaches and emailing coaches over the summer and stuff opened up the opportunity at Fullerton and I committed there and I was, so I didn't get any money, but I was part of the team. So I was still like, paying for everything and stuff like that, which wasn't an issue for me. Like I had, had a little bit of money put away for that for my parents. So thank God for them. But, you know, things didn't really work out at Fullerton. Like I would say I wasn't really ready for a full season of track and field since I played basketball in high school as well. Like right. coming in in August and just having 12 weeks of conditioning, like no joke. I was like, whoa, like this is crazy, you know? But, you know, I was, I was there for it and I was like looking forward to, you know, just getting better. And the thing is that that discouraged me and kind of held me back was, was the mental part of things. Like I I was letting the workload and how I was performing and jumping and stuff. I was letting that get to me too much. And it was kind of letting my anxiety take control over me. Cause I was like, dang, like I can't even clear this height that I jumped like junior year in high school. Like, come on now. And it's like, right. Right. The only guarantee in high jump that my coach Kamaka at Mount Sac, he tells me now the only guarantee is that you're going to miss a height because even if you win your competition, you're still in and you're still jumping. And no matter what, you're going to end on a miss because you're going to be trying at a height that you've never tried before or something like that. And, you know, that's the only thing that is certain. It's almost like in life, the only thing that's certain is death. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're dropping some knowledge right now and sharing some wisdom. I think that is so valuable as you move through your track career to now. So keep sharing. I'm so enthralled and I know the listeners are. So tell me more about like where things are at now. Thank you. I really, I seriously appreciate you. And I, I'm glad that 
we have the same kind of like outlook on things and you can see where I'm coming from. And I really appreciate that. And I'm always grateful that there's other people out there that, you know, just good people and, you know, just looking to, to share good things and helpful stories for other athletes. Yes, Max, for sure. And I just want to say there that like, you don't know who might need to hear this today. You don't know whose story is mimicking yours or is on the same track. And like your story is what it is. And there's, like you said, it's a reason for it and it could inspire other people. So I just appreciate your just openness and authentic self today. Thank you. That means a lot. But yeah, man, I think like, the biggest thing, yeah, that's changed is my mental. Obviously, like coming to Mount Sac and getting this opportunity just in general was the goal at one point. So that's, that's something that I keep in mind daily because it's easy for me to get, like, obviously I hold myself to a very high standard. That's why I try to improve myself. But at the same time, like I understand that having two years off coming back, I'm not going to be getting back up there really right away. It's going to be a process. It's going to take time. And this year I've been putting a little bit more pressure on myself, but then I think I got to take a step back and think, you know, this is your first full year. Like last year I came in January mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. ended up competing in the spring. Like I was here this whole fall. I have all this behind me. So that's, what's keeping me going. You know, I know I have a great foundation. I got great coaches and I don't know. Yeah. I'm just very happy to have another chance because I know that this is very rare in itself. Like not a lot of people get another shot at, at their dream. You know what I mean? I'm super blessed. I feel super lucky and I'm just grateful every day. Oh my God. I love it. And I think that, you know, when you were talking about your anxiety getting worse and worse at a certain point here and that you realize the mental aspect wasn't as developed as the physical aspect for so many reasons, COVID, lack of knowledge, stigma, whatever. We've never met, but you sound like a very grounded young man. Like, it's awesome. How did you cope with the anxiety when it was kind of getting more and more hard to manage? Well, shoot, I could definitely say at the beginning, because I was actually diagnosed when I was at Fullerton, my freshman year of college. So that was definitely kind of just like a cherry on top of everything else that I was having to kind of deal with relatively on my own, you know, because I was up away from my parents and stuff. But right. I would say back then I didn't really know how to manage it. So I definitely coped in some bad ways. And like, I regret that and stuff. But like, at the same time, I'm not going to hold myself down because of the decision I made in the past. Like, that's the past is the past. Like, I was 18 years old. I'm 22 now, you know. I've came a long way from where I was. I've learned a lot of things, like you said. Like, lack of knowledge was definitely a, an important thing. And it was like, being away from my parents for the first time was like, oh, wow. Like, like people talk about it. Like, it almost sounds like cliche. Like, but it's so true. Like, it's just very different whenever you're away from your parents for the first time exposed to a whole bunch of things around a bunch of people that are older than you. So you have a bunch of different influences everywhere. No, I appreciate it, Max. I mean, I think that there's so many transitions that happen from high school to college. You know, like there's a physical transition, right, Max? But then there's, you got to reorient yourself to a whole way of living that you almost took for granted. Like, you know, even where you eat, what you eat. Swear to God, yeah. Right? That was already taken care of and it just kind of happened. It was just kind of automatic. But then you have to like now navigate that on your own, the simple things like eating. Where is the building where this class is? Where is the community around me? I mean, it's all these things that take a lot of mental capacity to navigate. And then you have transitioned a lot of times. You know, it wasn't just from 
one high school to college, but then you went to another college and another college. And you have to relearn everything all over again and kind of feel alone, I can imagine. Right. And you know what's funny is that I feel extra lucky. You know, obviously I got another chance at Mount Sac and stuff. But so what happened was after Fullerton, so after my first year, my event coach, bless her heart, she really cared about me and stuff. And I keep in contact with her to this day. But she was talking to me at the end of the season. Everyone had their one-on-ones with coach. And she was like, hey, like, I know you struggled. I know it was a transition year for you and stuff. So we're just worried about next year. We're just focused on getting your academics right. And then we'll focus on getting what's incorrect on the track. We'll fix that, you know? Yes. So I was like, I love it. Clean slate. I'm here for it. Let's do it. That's all I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to show people that, hey, like, you know, I don't suck. I don't get bad grades. You know, I'm good. Like. <laughs> right. And then so as I'm preparing to come back, like, over the summer, I was doing a lot more working out than I was the year before because now I knew what I was getting into, you know? And then in August of that summer, right before I'm coming back for sophomore year, that's when I found out. I got an email from the coach in August, the head coach, not my event coach. The head coach, he cut me via email in August after oh I had my like gosh. Wow. After I was ready to come back. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was a real shock. And it honestly... It kind of hurt me and kind of ruined me for a little bit. Like, it hurt me for like a week. Like, I was down in the dumps. I was, I was devastated. I'm sure. But what helped me, like, you were saying, having to navigate going through all these colleges afterwards and stuff, like, what I feel lucky to have in my back pocket, my experiences, because I moved around so much when I was a little kid. Like, my family, they're originally from the East Coast. So I was born in North Carolina. Then, like, two years later, I moved to Philly. Two years later, I moved to like Ventura County around Thousand Oaks. And then I moved to New Jersey. And then I came back and I moved to SD. Granted, all of this was when I was young. So all of it was before I turned eight. But just experiencing moving Mm -hmm. around and having to make new friends and all this stuff that kind of you're explaining that comes with moving around colleges, having to relearn stuff, all this stuff. I feel lucky that I have that experience that I could use. And I could, like, I'm already, I've been there. I feel like I've been there before. So, yeah. Yes. I mean, I think that, you have that experience and I feel like it's so different when you leave your home and your parents because right. all those yeah. transitions when you were young, right? You did that as a family. Exactly. And so you had the home, you had the structure, you had the parental support. So it's tough for any student athlete, any student for that matter. And then you have all the other expectations. And then to get an email like that, I mean, wow. And I know that you said you were in a tough space, naturally so. How did it feel to get, you had mentioned, diagnosed? What does that mean to you? And how did that impact you? So honestly, I would say the counselors that I had at Fullerton and the therapist I had, they were good and stuff. But the, the one that I recently talked to actually this year, it kind of, he explained it in a better way. Because remember when that happened at Fullerton, I was like, whoa, like this is out of the blue. Like, am I really just overwhelmed from college or like, or what's going on? And it kind of just caused more internal thinking and internal worry, right? Uh I don't know. But the dude that I just talked to, the therapist, he explained it in a great way because he was like, all right, how early have you experienced some of these like uncertain feelings, things, anxious feelings, stuff like that? And I'm thinking about like, well, I moved around a lot when I was a kid. So obviously it's like, I was nervous when I had to make friends. But then eventually I got better at it because I was used to it. But then I started to think, oh, wait, when I was in the SD, when I finally, like, that was my spot that we were going to live, right? I remember the year we moved there was 2008. We moved there July 2008. 
And so, you know what happened in 2008, right? So right. our winter break, we went back. We had already planned to go back home and visit family. We were looking at houses in New Jersey, like to move back because our house was basically worth nothing that we had just bought. It was crazy. So that was an experience, but sorry, I got off on a little bit of a tangent, but. No, not at all. <laughs> no, you're telling your story. You're telling your story. So basically like, Man, I realized like, okay, this has actually been present in my life for a lot longer than I've really thought. Like I thought at birth, it just came when I got to Fullerton. You know what I mean? And it's like with these diagnoses and like anxiety and depression and stuff like that, obviously I actually just got diagnosed with depression. But like, I can understand that that's also because of multiple reasons, because it's in my family, because I've experienced anxiety and whatever symptoms since I was a young kid. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's like something that's up with your brain. You know what I mean? It's something that's out of your control, like as a person. So it's like to try and, or to try and not beat yourself up, but that's just kind of what happened to me at first at Fullerton. So I was like, yo, what's wrong with me? You know, nothing's wrong with you. Like different people are predisposed to different things. It's like the same reason why it's like people have heart disease or like lung cancer or whatever in their family. Like pray to God that those things, you know, there's treatments and hopefully there's a cure for those someday soon. But it's basically the same as that, you know? So that's what helps me kind of, you know, internalize that. And it can also help me keep out of that negative just mindset. And I want to credit my girlfriend a lot for helping me with the positive self-talk kind of things. Because, like, I'm a typical person. Like, I was like, I'm like a self-deprecating humor kind of person. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> uh-huh. so sometimes it's just natural. I'll just be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a dummy or whatever. But it's like, oh, no, nah, like, I'm not a dummy. Like, I'm good. Like, at the end of the day, like, I'm smart. I'm in college. I'm getting good grades, you know. Now, at least, you know. But nah, that's why I'm like, again, super, super grateful to be in the spot that I'm at. And like, shoot, our team and our facilities and our coaches at Mount Sac, I could have not asked for any better. Like, it's incredible. The equipment that we have, not to mention the stadium and the facilities, but yeah, it's just, it really keeps me grounded. Like you said, like keeps me humble because I'm like, shoot, at the end of the day, man, I'm out here and I'm practicing, I'm releasing my anxieties and I'm like free and, you know, it's a release for me at the end of the day. So that's why I'm very, very thankful. Mm. Thank you so much. There's so much you've said and so much I want to make sure is highlighted. I mean, I think that when we talk about mental health, mindset, the predisposition someone might have based on family genetics, just like with any physical ailment or illness, right? There's the same genetics are there for mental health ailment or illness, right? So you were born with the color of your eyes. You can't change it. That's your genetics. You're born with... Exactly. Right? So you have to cope with what was given to you. And I think sometimes, I don't know if it was for you, it's almost kind of a relief to have a name for it. To be like, oh, oh, this is how depression shows up in my life, which is very different than like, I am depressed. See what I'm saying? Exactly. That statement that you said, it almost seems like, it's honestly terrifying. Because like, whoa, like, what else do I know about this really? Nothing like, shoot, all I know is what basically is like told to me through society and stuff. And we all can basically assume that that's incorrect and yeah. probably unhealthy, <laughs> whatever. Like, uh-huh. So it's like, shoot, I don't want to believe that stuff off the rip. But then it's like, shoot, I have to make up my own like 
ideas about this stuff. But yeah, that's why I'm again thankful for the counselor that I recently talked to. And I'm actually I am switching over to the counselors from the school again here at Mount Sac, but that was just a purpose of uh, strictly uh, financial reasons. But I've also heard really good things about the counselors here. One of my uh, one of my roommates gets counseling as well. So great. I mean, I love that in your generation, it's more normalized to speak to someone. I think that there's still a lot of stigma out there, right? That if you go, you're quote unquote sick or quote unquote weak. Yeah. And it's really sad too. And I what helped me, what really, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt or nothing. No, no, no. Go, go, go. I love it. <laughs> but the players that have been speaking about mental health from the NBA, I think has helped me a lot too. Cause it's like, it's also representation. Cause it's like, wow. Okay. These people that I look up to that are like, oh shoot, they're crazy athletes. Like Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan. These people are dealing with the exact same stuff that I'm dealing with on a daily basis. And it's like, wow, like that really puts stuff into perspective because like, it's like no one's safe. Like exactly like you said, the eye color, like it just depends on that. Depends on how like your upbringing and stuff, like what you've experienced and stuff like that. And yeah, again, I'm thankful that as a like younger generation, we can have that conversation like and be comfortable with it. Be like, yeah, like, I'm depressed. I have anxiety. And yeah, I'm getting counseling for it. And you should too. Because yeah, like, <laughs> and you should too, right? Yeah, because shoot, like the worst thing I think is to just ignore it. Or like, recently, actually, I saw a video about Vince Young, the quarterback, mm-hmm. and I remember, I actually vaguely remember this. They had basically like released his medical records or something, and saying that he had like depression and had been talking to a team counselor or something. And his quote in the media, Vince Young, his own quote is oh, why would you guys do that? Now I'm going to be the depressed guy for the rest of my career. Whatever. It's not an issue. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, and it just shows how far I think we've came from like early 2000s to now and the way we think about mental health and stuff. And that's why I'm super grateful because I think of stuff like that in an exponential growth type of way. But I think that it's important to say too that if we're born with the disposition to a mental health condition or like diabetes per se, a physical health condition. Right. We under stress, both of those can decline. The ability to cope with our physical condition or our mental health condition can decline because it's stress. It's stressful, makes things harder. Absolutely. And so it's so important then that we also have tools, skills, and strategies to be able to deal with our diabetes and cope and our mental health, whether we have a diagnosis or not, because we can thrive and be well within a diagnosis as well. I mean, you're a case in point. It's not the end all be all. Actually, now there's a level of understanding that, oh, this is what that is. I name it. I understand it better. And I have now more positive outlook on how I can impact my own physical or mental health. So I think it's all of that's in play. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And I think like, at least for me personally, one of the biggest keys to that in keeping my mental, like try not to stress about stuff like that or my diagnosis, whatever, or if I'm having down thoughts that day is like, man, like I'm blessed. Like I'm alive. I'm able-bodied. I'm healthy. And at the end of the day, like I'm living my life and I'm in control of my own destiny. And a little thing too that like, I'm going to bring my, my girlfriend again, but what she told me... Shout out to your girlfriend. Hold up. What's her name? 
Beatrice Viruel. Beatrice. Good job supporting your boyfriend <laughs> here. I love it. She's the best. But she tells me that voice in your head is not you. Mm. Because it's not. It's the negative part of you. You know, it's like, it's the devil on your shoulder, basically. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to say we can counter it, right, Max? Like whatever thoughts are there, if they don't represent mm-hmm. who you are in a moment, and it's natural for us to have negative thoughts. It's natural. Absolutely. Our response to those thoughts is what's really key. How do we handle that? How do we then catch it and be like, oh, I'm, I'm self-aware right now. I realize that I'm not really talking positively or supportive to myself. I'm noticing that and then shifting it and like being able to internalize positive self-talk like Beatrice is saying. And then also you being able to talk to yourself like that and catch it right away. Because when we don't catch it, it can get into a black hole spiral of just the utmost negativity. And then we're like in a bad spot. We can't perform as a human for one. Absolutely. You know, the way we're supposed to. It's the snowball effect for sure. And that's why I say like the positive thinking and like manifestation and just envisioning myself doing these things that I want to do has helped me the most. Like, because yeah, at the end of the day, like I think about this too, because like I was like, man, I used to be a really positive person. Like what changed? And it's like, well, like, yeah, I have a little bit more responsibilities and stuff like that. So I've got a lot to deal with, a lot of stress, but it's like, it's nothing that I can't manage. And it's nothing that I can't do with a smile on my face. Like, because yeah, like I said, I'm able-bodied, like, I'm healthy. Thank God for that. And thank God my family is healthy. And thank God COVID, we did get COVID, like a couple of members of my family caught COVID. Thank God we're all right now. We're all recovered. Yes, I'm glad. And so like, I can't ask for anything more. I'm so grateful for what I have right now in my life. And yeah, I don't know, just trying to keep a positive mindset on everything really helps. I appreciate it. And your humility, I mean, expressing your gratitude. And you've said you're grateful about like half a dozen times at least today that when you express your gratitudes, you are shifting your own psychological and physical energy and space. Because when you express your gratitudes, it actually helps manage anxiety, helps manage depression. It gives you a positive outlook. It helps you connect with others. It helps your blood pressure go down. I mean, there's so many things. And not only, and this is a cool thing, not only when you express your gratitudes, Max, anyone you share them with, like myself in this moment, I get all those benefits too. So it's super cool. And you do it so naturally. So keep that up. That's really, really great. And I think that in the end, Max, you know, you're a human first. You have to manage life. You're a young man. You have so much ahead of you. How do you think all of this sort of self-awareness and self-growth and knowledge has helped you be a human in your life, aside from the track athlete, like how has it helped you just take a look at yourself and keep motivated to grow and learn? Well, man, I feel like one thing with my anxiety, at least back in the day, it would stop me from doing things. Like I would get anxious about like a task that I had to do, especially like even at Fullerton, like I had so much on my plate and it was so like, I was so not used to that for lack of a better term. But so I would see like a big assignment or I would see whatever and I would just be like, oh, like I can't look at that right now or whatever. And then it would get to the point where it would be like locked, the assignment or whatnot. And like, so I would say the positive outlook and the positive thinking has helped me kind of be able to unlock my like true full potential, if that makes sense. Like, cause I'm able to like, all right, like I got homework. All right, let me get this done. Let me crank this out. Cause that's the thing that I'm realizing. Like, 
your anxiety gets so much better once you finish your homework. <laughs> like <laughs> once you get these things done, mm-hmm. like it's so much better than ignoring them because that's just going to make it build up and build up. And that's just something that I guess I was naive to back in the day. But mm-hmm. oh, that's huge. Yeah, in my relationship too, I think like because yeah, I don't know. In the same way, like if you don't fix your mental, I feel like you won't be able to perform physically in your sport or whatever event, whatever it may be. The same way goes, like, if you don't love yourself, if you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to be able to love and take care of another person? So it's like, I've definitely had my battles with that. And then, yeah, again, <laughs> shout out Beatrice. Beatrice! Her by me. Yep. She's the GOAT. Yeah, but <laughs> I love it. I'm just thankful, like, yeah, we've kind of had similar struggles and stuff, but she's doing really well for herself. She's actually about to move into a, a bigger apartment, so I'm happy for her. And I'm ready for whatever, yeah, like you said, whatever life has in store for me this year. I'm just trying to do what I know I'm capable of this year, and that is jumping seven foot, hopefully, and shoot. And when it happens, man, I'll be ready for it. I can't wait. I'm also, I just want to say shout out to Coach Kamaka as well. He's battling COVID as well right now. He's been out for uh, about a month or so. And, you know, he's been getting better and stuff, but it takes time. It's take to be a little more longer until he comes back. But we're thinking about him every day. And shoot, if he hears this somehow, like, I hope he knows that we're wishing him well and we got him in our hearts. I love it. Coach Kamaka, he will be listening to it because we're going to share it. And everyone who has a chance to listen to this, I mean, I'm like, wait a minute, am I talking to a 22-year-old young man right now or a 32-year-old? Like, There's so much wisdom and just reflection. I mean, I think pointing out Beatrice, your family, your coach, your therapist over the years that the support system is so key to maintain optimal mental health, to be able to, like you say, keep your mental solid, keep your mental right. It, in fact, impacts everything. So... When you're able to give to relationships, right? Give in a way that feels good and then receive in return. I mean, it makes stressor just that much more easier to manage when you feel like you're not alone and when you feel people are got your back. Right. And I know I have people in my corner no matter what happens to me. That's why like, I really do believe everything happens for a reason. Because like, yeah, I was down and I was down and out in the dumps. And I still had people. I have, obviously, I had some people that weren't supporting me and weren't communicating with me and stuff anymore. But I did have those people that were in my corner and stuck by me and are still in my corner to this day. And I want to just, I know I'm probably being a kid for this, but I want to shout out two more people, Josh Farmer and Miles Massey. Miles Massey, that is my boy. I literally met him my freshman year at Fullerton, the day I moved in. And he's one of my closest friends to this day. He's the reason I'm at Mount Sac. He was the one that texted me and said, we need high jumpers. Email the coach right now. Without him, I would still be in San Diego working full time. So thank God for him. And wow. Josh Farmer, he's that kid. He's that kid in high school that I was telling you about that I was always trying to beat. But oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just always stuck by me, always had my back no matter what. And I just love him to death and hoping to join him at UC Irvine next year. That's the goal. Wow. You can be a kid. You can shout out people. That's your support system. Those are your boys. Those are the ones who believed in you and still do. Yeah, for real. And what I'm realizing, correct me if I'm wrong, Mount Sac has a big meet coming up and it's like a very renowned meet in the junior college system, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we actually, so for a cross country, we hosted two meets, I believe, 
either two weekends apart or one weekend apart or something like that. But we actually hosted the largest cross-country meet in the world. Whoa. We had like 15,000 runners at our school. That is so cool. From middle school all the way up to pros. And it's crazy too, because when I was in sixth grade, I came up here to Mount Sac and I ran at the Mount Sac Relays for cross country. So I really came full circle. Like, it's crazy. It sounds like it. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm actually really looking forward to that meet because so it's crazy. There's multiple, multiple days to that meet. I believe there's four or five. So it's like there's a junior college meet and then there's like, an elite slash high level college meet as well. But that's the one that I'm really trying to qualify for. Like me and a couple other of the high jump teammates, a couple of tri- uh, miles that he's a triple jumper on our team that I mentioned. We're all just trying to qualify for that Nike invite meet. So that's like, I don't know what I have to jump, but it's something high. <laughs> but I'm getting ready. Uh, I'm getting ready because I'm just excited because this week we kind of deloaded a little bit. Like we were still busting our butts at practice, but it's a little bit lighter of a load and it's just going to continue to get lighter. And that's why I'm excited for it because no, I'm going to just feel lighter and lighter. Exactly. Exactly. And your relationship with what you do helps, like you said, release your anxiety to help. It's therapeutic. It's not therapy, but it's therapeutic, right? right. To be able to have a Absolutely. place to move your body because with anxiety and depression, there are physiological symptoms to that. And so for you to have a way to express and be free, like you said, it's so awesome to hear. I love it. Max, it's been great talking to you. I wish you all the best. UC Irvine, here you come. But one step at a time though, right? One day at a time, one practice at a time, one breath at a time. You know, I wish you all the best and just really, really thank you for being here with me today. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Again, like I said, I love just being able to share my story with like-minded individuals. And I thank you again, like so much. I really do hope that this can help someone out. Even if it just helps one person, like I'll be happy with that. And yeah, like you said, one day at a time, I think about the Kung Fu Panda quote where it's like, you can't think about the past. You can't think about the future because then you will lose what we call the present. Like it's called the present for a reason. And we will end on that. Let's go. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Thanks so much. Perfect. One of my favorite things about our Sportsypreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people in and around the world of sports. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at Sportsypreneur. Thank you for listening to this CadSource production, the Sportsypreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Sportsypreneur is a content platform, a collaborative team, and a marketing brand that is all about showcasing leaders and difference makers in and around the world of sports. While we create our own content, we also create content with you. This includes collaborative content and exclusive content for your brand. Think podcasts, blogs, social media, and overall content strategy. Our sports content marketing team is specifically niche for those in the sports industry. That includes sports businesses, athletes, managers, coaches, trainers, entrepreneurs, and business leaders in the sports market. The bottom line is we want to help with your sports-related brand, your content marketing, and your story. Connect with us on Instagram at sportsepreneur or find us online at sportsepreneur.com. Sportsepreneur, the content platform where sports and entrepreneurship collide.